I get it. You're pissed. You're hurt. You considered making a voodoo doll and decided against it because you didn't want evidence of just how angry you are. And you know this isn't a healthy space to live in indefinitely. In this episode, I share steps you can take to move yourself from being angry at your ex to loving what's next, even if you aren't sure what next is. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour. I'm here to help you understand it's your life and your journey, and divorce is not a destination. I think I got it. All right. Let me know if you can hear me. I see my mom on here, so I'm going to ask you to clap if this sounds like it's coming through. It always sounds louder to me than you. I got a thumbs up. Woo! I'm going to look for my thumbs up every week. Okay. I am, I'm excited to be here because I woke up in Pittsburgh this morning and I wasn't supposed to be in Pittsburgh this morning. I should have been home yesterday, but let me go ahead and get us started. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple other people joining us. And if not, if you're catching me in the replay, thank you for, for finding me, whether it was on a streaming service or you came here on Fireside and, and picked me up here. Thanks for being a listener. Uh, I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and this is Divorce Is Not A Destination, the podcast. Uh, I'm working on a book and a few other things. So I'm calling it my suite of divorce is not a destination, but I am here to help women and a few um, incredible men, some extraordinary men who are ready to invest in themselves to live dynamically after their divorce. And it's just funny starting this show, I'm starting to talk about this subject more and just in the last 24 hours at dinner last night and on my flight, one of my flights this morning, I had two conversations with uh, two different people about being divorced and what they went through. So for this show, I want to help people examine um, things that we might not often share about what that divorce experience is like and how it impacted us. And some of the shows will be a little lighter than others. Some will be fun and funny, and some will be a little bit more thought provoking and serious. Um, I am the creator, as I said, of divorces that not a destination. And I know personally what it can be like uh, to go through a divorce, uh, whether it's the guilt, the shame, frustration. Today, I'm going to be talking about anger and what it is to be overwhelmed um, uh, from that divorce experience. So today, I feel like I am really living a wonderful, wonderful life. It's taken work and time and having support systems and all of these things that I talk about here on the show for me to get to that point. And it doesn't mean it's perfection that I don't, you know, have situations that happen in relationships where I, I, I need to work through some more things, but I realize uh, I'm much more comfortable in my skin and I'm living a life that I actually love living. And I'm not living with the guilt and the, the weight on my back of, of what society tells us we should feel like sometimes after we've been divorced. So I'm here to empower you to do the same thing. I want you to experiment with life. I want you to come here for some straight talk, a little bit of humor, some fun. I will introduce you to guests and hopefully get you to take some risk and experiment with different things and, and come to understand different perspectives about what life could look like and opportunities for you to go deeper. Um, I want you to remember that our lives, your life is an entire journey. It's not this one incident in your life. Divorce is not a destination. 
It's something that you experience. So I want to help make this whole journey of us living these lives as wonderful and full as I possibly can. So that's my my goal for being here. And today I'm going to be talking about anger. I am going to be talking about anger and what we need to do to get over this anger. Our ex or whatever. And if you if you are dating someone, I, the person I sat with today has three children, was in a relationship for 18 years, and they never technically got married. And I said to her, you're as married as any other married couple. You didn't go through the court system to get them to okay it. But that pretty much in some cultures would constitute you being married. Matter of fact, in some states, you would have been a common law, uh, that would have been a common law marriage. And so the emotions are not connected to that piece of paper. The emotions and everything that we experience are connected to the experience um, and how we we um, process this. So uh, first, I'm going to give you some definitions of anger. One of them said it's strong feelings of annoyance, um, displeasure or hostility, annoyance, displeasure or hostility. Then I went to the Encyclopedia of Psychology and I really like like this one because it's, it's a little bit longer, but it, it just gives you a little bit more meat. Anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you wrong. And I think for a lot of people, when we get angry, it's because so-and-so did X, Y, Z to me. That So people can relate to that. But it also goes on to say anger can be a good thing. It can give you a way to express negative feelings or motivate you to find solutions to problems. But excessive anger can cause a problem. My mom used to tell us just about anything is okay in moderation. This applies to anger as well and how you how you process it. Increased blood pressure and other physical changes. <coughs> Sometimes I don't know if there's something in my office that makes me just dry. <coughs> Excuse me. Physical changes associated with anger can make it really difficult to think straight. And it can harm you physically and mentally. So, oh goodness, that was from the Encyclopedia of Psychology. And I like it because it talks about the good and the not good, the bad that can be associated with being angry. (coughs) Let me see here. Maybe I need to dust. I don't know. I've been gone for a couple of days. I don't think it's, it's gotten that dusty in two days. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was I I titled this, you know, you're angry at your ex, but moving on to what's next, right? Moving from angry at your ex to you going to what's next. And first we got to talk about the anger. And I know a lot of times when you're going through something bad, friends and folks mean well by telling you, oh, let go and let God. We have all these great cliches. We don't want people to feel bad. We don't want people to be angry. We don't want them to be sad or feel hurt or disappointed. Newsflash, all of that is a part of being human. Look, Jesus went in the temple and flipped tables over. Did he need anger management classes? I don't know, but he was not happy that day, right? So I am like tearing up and everything. Um, so we have to acknowledge these things because if you don't, if you don't acknowledge it and you just try to pass it off, there they go, and you just try to push it down or ignore it, this is when you can get into some of those um, ailments. You know, being exhausted or 
you know, your blood pressure, your stress, all these things start can happen too, because you are denying the fact that you are actually having some emotion that's happening to you and you're trying to ignore it. We are going to struggle through this show. I have no idea <coughs> what is happening right now, but I'm thankful I have water in here. So first, what do you need to do to get unstuck from this place uh, where you are now, where you're angry? And I want some of the folks that are out here, clap or something. Let me know if you've been there. Angry at your ex. Anybody ever experienced that? I don't I know the answer to that question, but I like asking it anyway. So if you're drowning yourself in anger, you're creating a really toxic environment. <clears throat> no question about it. If you are angry and you have been stuck in this space, and if you've ever been there, you know what this feels like. Initially, it might be moderate. This thing said goes from annoyance, displeasure, hostility. Initially, you may just be telling yourself you're just kind of annoyed. Um, but then if you don't really deal with this and work through it, displeasure. And if you still don't deal with it and you keep ruminating on it, all you're doing is thinking about how pissed off this person has you. What a horrible individual they were. I can't believe they did this to me. We go through all of that. You could be stuck in this place and now you've created your own little toxic angry environment that you are living in. Mind you, this other person has gone somewhere else. We don't know what they're doing, who they're doing it with, but they're not there with you anymore. But you are creating this environment where you're trapped in this in this dimension with someone who's not actually physically there anymore. So what you want to start thinking about is what do you need to do to get unstuck? Um, one of the things I was reading just researching this was uh, somebody quoted Tony Robbins, and I think he says something like, if we're not changing, we're dying, right? And not changing is not good. I look at that like we're we're designed to evolve. We're designed to, to grow <clears throat> and to just progress. And anytime we get stuck and we're not moving or looking at ways to get unstuck, I just think it creates a really dangerous place for us because I think something in your spirit just feels like you're just smothering yourself with all of this, this anger. And I think that can lead to depression and it can lead from just being something that's happening in your personal life because of one other individual to extending to other people around you because you become this person that you don't want to socialize. And then it could go over into your workspace. And so it could have this ripple effect in your life all because you're not really dealing with this anger. So, um, one of the things you can do, I'll talk about getting unstuck. And then I'm going to kind of backtrack. So getting unstuck, figure out what it is that you want for yourself. And I know you're, you know, we're talking about being angry at someone, but let that sit there for a minute. Think about what it is that you actually want for yourself. So instead of focusing on them and why you're angry with them and what they may have done to you or what you feel like they've done to you, ask yourself some questions like, what do I want for myself? And that may mean it's time for you to spend some time alone, not just being angry, but actually thinking through these things. Because one of the, the things uh, uh, people say about being stuck is sometimes it's because we're not living our own life. We're not feeling fulfilled in our own life. We don't know what we want for ourselves. And so take some time to think about that. The other thing, and I've talked about this last week because it's a huge one, is get support, but get the right kind of support. 
So sometimes we have friends and people around us that are they mean well, but they're not really helping us get to where we want to get to or do the things that we say we want. One of the examples I read was, let's say you want to run a marathon, but every day you get off work and you go have drinks with friends after work and you're not exercising or practicing your running or going to the gym or doing anything to prepare for the marathon. Now, no question, your friends love you and they support you, but they're not the support that you need to do the thing that you say you want to do. So when you start thinking about support, when you're looking at the state that you might be in of being angry, where can you get the support that's not helping you stay angry? Because we all know folks that will help us stay angry. Yeah, he did. And and look, trust me, we bond even when we're complaining. Complaining can be a way of bonding, but you cannot live in that space indefinitely. So even if you can call a friend and go, I need 10 minutes to vent because I am so pissed right now. Take that 10 minutes and make sure you do it with the right friend and not the friend who's going to let you vent for 10 minutes and then help you vent for another hour and a half. Because an hour and a half of you venting with no end goal and that's the all that relationship is going to do for you. It's not healthy. Now, I haven't I, I haven't talked too much about this X yet, and, and that's kind of going to be a theme, because even though that anger is there with the X, it's really not about the X. The X is not going to help you come and fix this. The X might not know or care that you're angry, and that's just part of the reality of it. It's 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 one of those things where we're blaming this other person and they may own some of it. They may have actually done something that was downright wrong. And that's real. And I'm going to go into a little bit later what you can do to kind of sift through that. But I want you to start focusing on what's actually happening with you because that's what you can control. And if you do that, you'll find that this the anger that you're carrying for this other person stops becoming the issue. Because if you focus on the anger, you're just going to figure out more ways to be angry. Trust me, you will find new <laughs> you will find new things to be angry at somebody who's not even there anymore. Hey, Frankie, how are you doing? Yeah, you'll find new ways to be angry and more ways to be angry at somebody who's not even in in proximity with you because that's all you're thinking about. Um, One of the the things that I think about when when I think about anger, I don't know why this is making me laugh, that that definition, one of them was go from annoyed, you could be annoyed, it could be displeasure or it could be hostility. So I look at it like this, this anger continuum. And you need to ask yourself, where are you on this continuum? I have three shows that I use as every example of what happens when somebody gets to hostility or what could potentially happen when people say things like, oh, I know, you know, if we weren't getting along, but this would never happen. Well, Dateline 2020 and 48 hours. Dateline 2020 and 48 hours every Friday night. The first 10 minutes, somebody dies and they've usually been killed most of the time by somebody they know. And usually it was because that person got angry. And so this is that hostility, that violent side of anger. This is where it could go when it's an extreme and no one ever thinks they can get there. And no one ever thinks they know someone who could go there until it happens. Most of these folks on these TV shows um, would not have guessed that something could turn out like that until it's too late. And so I I take this really seriously because I think in relationships, especially loving love relationships, partnerships, marriages, because there's so much emotion involved, I think they have a greater propensity for that kind of anger to happen. But even if it doesn't go that far, 
the danger is what it can do to your health, what it can do to your psyche. Um, even as I said before, physically, what it can do for you or to you. <clears throat> so I want you to start thinking about how do I how do I escape this? You know, we talked about, you know, what are some of the things that you can do to start moving yourself away from it? And it really might feel like you need to escape this kind of a feeling. Um, I see Frankie wanted to jump in here. I'm going to take a minute and see what Frankie's doing. How are you doing, Frankie? Hello. Hi. Hi. Um just going through something like this a little under four years ago, I had mm. to use two, I had to use two words, radical acceptance. Mm. I had to how radically that, accept <clears throat> that it wasn't working. And I, I pulled the plug and as much as it hurt and as much as I didn't want to do it and I wanted to be like, never mind, No, no. I just stuck with it. And I, I can't say that life is amazing yet, but it's amazing as with that part, I'm alone. I choose to be alone. Mm -hmm. um, I have my own boundaries, my own four walls. I pay my own bills and all of the weight, all of the drama, all of the argument, the hate, the anger, hostility, toxicity, whatever, gone. Mm -hmm. Well, first, like, congratulations and good for you for taking care of yourself, for really, really taking care of yourself you. because – Getting to that, what did you call it? Radical acceptance of this radically is what's really accepted. gone. Yeah. Yep. And so when you said radically, when you got to a point of radically accepting, what were you accepting? Well, she was, it was all infidelity from day one. Okay. And I knew that there was another guy. I mean, all the signs were there. Mm -hmm. And I finally said to her one night, I'll never forget it. I said to her, I go, listen, when I married you, I took... I took a vow to, you know, make you happy, take care of you in sickness and health. You're not happy with me. I can't make you happy the way you feel you deserve or the way you do deserve. I can't do it. But if this other guy can, there is no other guy. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Wherever you want to go that makes you happier than here, I endorse it. I will help you move. I will respectfully help you pack everything and I will help you move and, and and you can move on with your life. I will not bother you or whoever this guy who isn't mm -hmm. around is. You know, I, I knew the guy. And um, she's she was like, whatever. You're just trying to start trouble. I said, no, I'm just trying to start my life over. Mm. Next morning, somebody picked her up. She didn't have a car. And I didn't see her for weeks. And in those weeks, I packed her stuff, like I promised, very respectfully, labeled everything. Mm -hmm. And it all stacked. Um, and when she had texted me saying she was coming back for her stuff, I, I made sure to have a police officer on site just, just because. You never know. Mm -hmm. Nope, you never and know. Never know. He had body uh, body camera and everything. I, I gave him the note that everything was there that I don't want her there again. It's if she, she wasn't on my lease, we were separated and I don't want her back here or I'll have her trespassed. And he handed her a letter on camera and that was it. Haven't seen her talk to her since. That, th first of all, thank you for sharing that. Cause I know, you know, other people can relate. I definitely can relate to bagging someone's stuff up and labeling it for them. Um, but I do it just want to say, yeah, it hurts a lot. And and that's the thing that people don't understand. It's not that there isn't pain involved, because I think you kind of go through the pain sometimes before you even get to the part of being angry. You're so well, hurt. You, you don't even get to deal with the anger until later. When you find love letters that she wrote 
two weeks prior to two different guys saying how much she yep, missed that them. Would, that would do it. it. Oh, I should have started kicking and throwing her stuff out to the curb. But yeah, I held well, it together. Thank you and for not ending up on Dateline or 2020 or 48 Hours. No, I like watching those shows. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love 2020 with John Quinones. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody can ever say that name. But um, right. Frankie, do me a favor. Before, sure. I, before I let you go, tell the your show, because I know you have a show here on Fireside. Will you give us Thank the name you. of your show and what time it comes on, what your date and time? <laughs> sure. Um, you didn't have to do that. I appreciate it. Um, my show is called Frankie J. Raw, and that's with two W's. And... Um, I'm ready, able, willing, whenever to take on any topic, anytime with any person. I do uh, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time and mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern time. Sometimes it's just one of the times. Sometimes it's a full day. But um, you can expect one show or two shows on Tuesdays at 12 noon Eastern or 8 p.m. Eastern. Great. Frankie, thank you so much for stepping in thank tonight. You. Thank you so much. So, yeah, this is, you know, that uh, it's it's so crazy hearing that it there was nothing about that that was foreign to me, really. Um, I mean, I've been there and there are probably some other folks on here or the people that are going to be listening who have been there. And if you haven't been there and you find yourself in that space, what Frankie did, that radical acceptance can be really powerful in helping you have the strength to do what you need to do without letting the anger take over in that moment, because that pain can trigger over into anger excuse me, really, really quickly. And those are the moments when people do things that might be completely out of character that you cannot undo. So, um, you know, we, we want someone to blame and we can, we can go through this thing of blaming them and being angry and justifying it, but you really want to avoid having the anger, uh, expressing the anger in a way that is gonna cause you a lot of regret and maybe some really bad recourse later. Like you, you don't wanna do something today Uh, that cannot be ever undone that you're going to end up paying for down the road. So you, you, you do what you can to keep your wits about you. But if you're thinking about that radical acceptance, it really is about sitting in that moment and dealing with what's really going on. Because a lot of times the frustration and pain and anger come from us not accepting what's actually happening. And I, Frankie mentioned finding letters or some people it's phone calls or phone numbers, or sometimes it's catching folks out with someone else. It, it could be a, a, a bunch of different things that lead you to the realization that I'm in a place that's not healthy for me um, or that cause you to feel hurt. And if you can in that moment deal with, this is what's really happening. I don't have to like it and it doesn't have to feel good, but I have got to figure out a way to move through this with my dignity intact and not going to jail. That's not, that's always a good thing to try to do it without going to jail. <laughs> so so when I, I talk about wanting somebody to blame, so I would ask you to first figure out who you are actually angry with and why. And the reason I I say that, because sometimes we get past being angry with this other person, or we sometimes go back and forth between being angry at the person, your ex or whoever it is, and then being angry with ourselves. And sometimes that looks like I should have known this was happening, or I knew it was happening and I didn't do anything. I should have done something sooner. Or there's a lot of shouldas um, and you should yourself to death thinking that you should have somehow had some uh, telepathic ability to know what this other person was thinking, 
to have figured out what they were going to do before they did it. Or even if you found out something was going on, you didn't act soon enough. And the reality is you found out when you were supposed to find out and you acted when you were supposed to act because that's actually what happened. So it doesn't do you any good to beat yourself up and talk about what you would have, should have, or could have done. Um, and then to make yourself feel even worse, to take on the blame uh, or responsibility for somebody else's behavior. If someone has has decided they don't want to be with you and the way they've acted it out was, was less than desirable, they cheated on you, they lied, it was deceptive, um, whatever it is that they did, you don't own that. No matter what was going on in the relationship, at the end of the day, that person had to make the decision to do whatever it is that they chose to do. And you can feel bad about it. You can feel hurt by it. You can do all of that. But you have to at some point sit down and say, what could I have really, how could I have actually caused them to do that? And so whether they lied or cheated on you, and I'm looking at, at notes here because I want to make sure acknowledge all of it and then examine the thing. So get a piece of paper out and write all the reasons you are pissed off at this person. Write every one of them down and then get another sheet and write all the reasons that you've been mad at yourself. Maybe you were disappointed in, in, in how you behaved. Write all of that stuff down and then go through each one of those things and say, okay, well, what could I have done about this? You know, what is it that I could have done about this? Um, write down why you're angry at them, why you're angry at yourself and acknowledge and examine it. So is this really true that I should have known? Is it really true that I allowed this to happen? You didn't cause it to happen and you didn't allow it to happen. They were doing it and you might have witnessed it, but you, you weren't giving them permission to do it. And so you have to you have to catch yourself there. I see you there, Frankie. Give me a second. Um and like I said, even, even if you did know about the affairs, you weren't allowing them to do anything. They were making a choice to do it and you were getting up every day and living your life. When you decided to make a decision for yourself, not for them, what Frankie did was powerful because he made a decision for himself and he showed a lot of grace and saying to her, look, I'll help you pack and all that. But that was really a decision that he made for himself. He set a boundary for himself. And in doing that, that's how you can empower yourself in, in even these really difficult situations. <clears throat> Let me jump. I'm going to jump in here real quick with Frankie and then get back. What else you got there, Frankie? I, I won't hijack your show. I promise. I forgot a couple <laughs> things. Um, one thing I do want to make clear is I was no angel in that relationship. I absolutely was part of the problem and I own it and I have owned it. Um, but it got to the point where it just wasn't going to work and I mm -hmm. knew what was going on. So I just want to make that clear that it wasn't, I wasn't a victim necessarily. I just mm -hmm. ended what was bad. Secondly, um, I've been through extensive DBT skills training, which helped me make those decisions more mindfully. Share, share what DBT skills are. So people oh. know. DBT skills are, it's, it's, it's just advanced therapy where you learn um, how to communicate appropriately in lots of different situations post trauma, mm -hmm. um, you know, being mindful, wise mind, um, what should you do instead of, and, you know, pros and cons. And it's mm -hmm. just a lot of extensive re uh, repeated um, therapy. Yeah. You literally learn, relearn how to respond to people that are gaslighting, that are manipulating, that are 
exploiting you or whatever mm -hmm. um, to give you a short on it. It's very good. I've been doing it for a little under a decade and it changed my life to the point where I was able to make that decision and make it swiftly and I had the tools to work through the pain. To, to do it, yeah. And and you know? thanks again. Thanks again, Frankie. This is yeah. huge now. Oh. I am an advocate of therapy. Um, I am I am such an advocate of people getting the therapy, the counseling, the coaching that they need, and those are all different things. But uh, thank you for explaining what the DBT is, so people can understand. There, you know, when you do look for a therapist, you want to really make sure you see what they specialize in, so you can understand how they're best going to be able to help you, or who the best therapist is going to be for you. And I always say. You know, when you find one, you're not going to know if they're a good fit until you try it. And so if you go a few times and it doesn't fit you, it doesn't feel right for you, then you bow out and let them know, sorry, this isn't working and find another therapist. Because a lot of people will go one time to go to one therapist a couple of times. And if they don't feel right or they don't like this therapist or they don't like their method, they just trash. They just decide I'm never going to therapy. It's not going to work. And it just may be that therapist. It's it's like going to a dentist or any other medical practitioner. You need to find one that's going to be a good fit for you. So thanks again, uh, Frankie, for stepping back in and sharing that. And yes, even the the anger or the realization that, you know, I did some things and, and did some things in my relationship that weren't healthy for for the relationship either. Acknowledge all of that, because in this whole process of dealing with the anger, what you want to do is get to a place where you can forgive yourself and you can forgive the other person. And it doesn't mean you're going to forget everything they did. You do not have to become best friends with them and start having coffee dates and all that. You don't have to do any of that. But you want to at least get to a place where you're not living in that anger. Um, and I see my mom is on here. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Hello. Hi everybody. there. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is embarrassment, um, mm. because the society, society that we live in, uh, people who become or, or or reach a point where divorce is inevitable, um, is so much pressure from society that you know it was a bad marriage, you know, um, and what did I do that caused this? And I think often embarrassment plays a role in us not getting the support that we need. Mm -hmm. so, we're embarrassed because we're having problems. And then when we yeah. realize you, know, you get to that point where this is going to be healthier if we're out of it, then we're embarrassed to say it's not going to work. Right, right. You know, so my marriage because has failed. So failed. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't stay yeah. married or whatever it is. Right. And it's right. a relationship that ran its course. You know, right. uh, we, yeah. we I, I am reading this book right now. I am loving this book. A girlfriend of mine got me this book. It's called The History of Marriage and Divorce. It's like 140 pages. I'm on page like 35 right now. And I've got so much stuff highlighted in this book. It's ridiculous. Look at this. Um, because it's really, I really, this whole issue, this is definitely my thing. This whole issue of marriages and divorces to understand how did we get to a place in society where we basically worship the idea of marriage. And we don't care how the people in, ended up together in the first place. You know, We don't know what brought them together, but once they got married, we now have decided that everybody in the neighborhood, the church, the family, the community, and God um, is now somehow involved in their marriage staying together. And we don't know how it started and we don't know what hell they might be living in trying to keep up the facade of a happy marriage. 
Um, I met a couple at dinner last night and he was in his 60s and he said his 72 year old sister is still dealing with trauma from their parents dysfunctional abusive marriage. His sister is 72. He said, we watched our parents physically fighting. And he said, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. He said, but I remember the day my mother went to the church. She said they were Catholic. Uh, she went to the church and told the priest what was going on. And I already knew what, it was gonna, what he was going to say. They told her, you need to go back home. You cannot leave your husband. God does not like divorce. Who else do I see here? Okay. Yeah. God does not like divorce. So we've got to really be mindful as a society, what we're sending people back to. And when you don't have, when I talked earlier about support, it's getting the right type of support. When Frankie talks about going to therapy, it's getting the right kind of therapy with, with someone who's going to listen to you and help you help to guide you down a path that's going to help you be healthier and whole. And if you're being, if you feel like you have to stay in a dysfunctional marriage, that is not healthy, where you don't feel whole and, and the anger is already there, the dysfunction is already there. You really need to figure out why am I doing this? What, why am I here? So this list is going to, you know, writing that, what am I angry about with this person? What am I angry at, with, you know, for myself? And what's really true? How much of this do I need to own? And if you really have done some stuff, you know, write a letter. Um, I, I, ha I have this in here in here to talk about later, but you can write two letters, write a letter to the person, write a letter to the other person. I'm going to put you on mute, mom. Um, write a letter to the other person and tell them how what they did, um, how you're feeling about what you experienced with them. And so use those I statements. When this happened, I felt this. Not you made me feel, but when this happened, I felt this. Um, when we were going through X, Y, Z, this is how I was feeling as a result of, of experiencing that. Um, you did this, but this is how it impacted me. I don't know what your intentions were, but this is how it impacted me. And be really honest. And, and I'm giving you kind of coach and, and therapy lingo. Write it however you need to write it. You don't need to be politically correct. It's your letter. You can write it any damn way you want. If you got language you want to use that's a little colorful, it's your letter. <laughs> Write it. And then you need to decide, do I need to send it to them? Because you have a right to take care of yourself and figure out what you need to purge so that you feel like you have, have stood up for yourself. And that's kind of what, what this sometimes comes down to, is being able to stand up for yourself and to defend yourself and to protect yourself. And so write that letter to this other person. And you can send it or you can just let it sit and you can read it and you can set it on fire if you want. Someplace really safe that's not going to burn your house down. I'm not promoting larceny. And then the second letter, write to yourself. Write a letter to yourself. And in the letter to yourself, write down um, what it is that you, you, you were angry about if you're angry with yourself. And write down how that's making you feel. What are the feelings that you've associated with that? And then I want you to write down how you forgive yourself. Remember to write down that you forgive yourself because it's really, really important that we do that. Uh, Frankie said that he physically wrote pros and cons list the night before and made a decision. So yeah, it, it is really, writing and journaling is really, really powerful. 
it is really, really powerful. So if you aren't at that point where you think it's over, that pros and cons, but sometimes you just need to see that, you need to see that list. Because if you got a list of pros, it is like five things on it. And then you write the kinds, the reasons I shouldn't be in this relationship. And it's a list of 50 and you just run out of ink. Eh, that's kind of that's kind of really good proof right there that maybe this is not a healthy relationship for me. But write that letter to yourself and remember to include in that letter that you forgive yourself for these things. And another good exercise is actually to stand in the mirror. Stand in the mirror and tell yourself what you forgive yourself for and that you're going to continue to love yourself and work on, you know, being better to you. And in realizing that you have to accept the fact that this relationship is not healthy for you. And neither is the anger that you've been carrying toward this person. So this is when you can, um, I put at the bottom here, you see my little, my little ticker tape in my fortune cookie. It says anger, assess it, address it, and allow it to go. So you can assess it. And the, by writing that list, you can address it by writing those letters and forgiving yourself. And you can even, you know, forgive that person, but let them know you're, you're still being, you're still honoring your person by never putting yourself in that position again to be treated like that or mistreated. Um, and then you can allow that anger to go and it may not go right away. But at least this opens the door or the window or whatever you need to open so that it has a place to go and leave you. Because once that starts happening, you can do what Dr. Barrett had this phrase. He said, you got to refill your donut. You got all this bad jelly, all these bad feelings, bad habits and bad behavior. And you got to squeeze all that bad jelly out and refill it with good jelly. And so you get an opportunity to do that once you release that anger. Uh, Frankie said he forgave himself for for. <laughs> For skipping eye exams, preventing him from seeing pop properly, that is hysterical. Um, so in the, the good news, you can go from feeling stuck to just feeling like maybe I stalled for just a little while. Maybe I needed to take a pause, but I no longer feel that I'm stuck in this anger. And so that gives you a way to look at it and go, I needed to sit and reflect on some things. I maybe needed rest. I needed to regroup. Um, or as I have here, assess it, address it, and allow it to go. Because we are designed to evolve and not just be stuck in this, this one negative place. So the better news is that you can now take steps to move out of it. And so what that might look like for you is, is set goals for yourself that really matter. Because I think one of the things that, that I, I see that people experience sometimes coming out of these really dysfunctional relationships, or even if it, it seemed like it was going good for a while and all of a sudden it seems like it took a turn, depending on how long you were in there, you may have stopped doing good things for yourself. And you may not even remember what that looked like or what it felt like. And so you now have an opportunity to set goals for yourself that really matter. And give yourself permission to say yes to yourself and no to other people. Some people really struggle with saying no. They're, it's either people pleasing or we want somebody else's um, admiration or approval. And so we will, you know, well, it, it wasn't, it's not going to take me that long. I just want to help. It is okay for you to say no. Um, McEwen, he has a book called Essentialism. And one of the lines in the book is if it's not an emphatic yes, it's a no. So if you can't say yes to something and be really, really excited about it, then it's okay to say no to it. And you don't have to apologize for saying no. 
You can be nice and say no. You can even thank them for thinking of you and asking them to do whatever it is and say, but that's not going to work for me right now, but I do appreciate you thinking about me. And that would be a no, or that doesn't fit into what I'm doing. So one of the exercises I'll give people is write down, like, what is your vision for yourself? What do you want to see yourself doing in the next three to five years? And when things pop up, is this something that's going to lead me toward that goal? When you meet another human being that you're thinking about dating or spending time with, is this somebody that is going to be supportive in me getting to my three to five year goal? Or is this someone who it's going to be all about them? And and if you start doing this, you can get yourself out of some of the bad behaviors um, and put yourself in a frame of mind so that you now are looking for people and expecting to bring people into your life that are really designed to help you be your best you and and not you feeling like you're you're kind of always conceding to somebody else's needs because sometimes in these dysfunctional relationships that's what happens there's there's a codependency that happens that's really dysfunctional so stop saying yes to things that you don't want to do um figure out what are the things that are important to you what are the goals that you want for yourself Uh, Stop blindly following other people. And this happens because you haven't set goals for yourself. If you don't have a goal, somebody will invite you to help them with theirs. Um, I heard another one. It says, if you're not building your own dream, somebody will pay you to help them build theirs. But sometimes they don't even pay you. They just invite you along for the ride and and take the support. And you're not even getting paid for it, right? Um, Control how you're thinking. And man, your self-talk is a huge component in how you're thinking. And and I've mentioned this before. There is a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And um, something you can get that's a part of the book, but it's it's an app for your phone and it's audio and it's called Self-Talk. And it just gives you a slew of recordings that you can listen to when you're in the shower or getting dressed or cooking dinner. Anytime you want to pop these on, they're in 10-minute segments, 5-10 minute segments, or you can listen to a whole 45 minutes to an hour. And it covers everything from helping you lose weight to helping you quit smoking to helping you in business to helping you build your confidence. They have one for, I think, teenagers. Um, The book gives you some really good case studies on how this change and how you're talking to yourself can change your life. And I think this is a huge positive thing that you can do if you're coming out of a bad relationship. And if you've especially been dealing with a lot of anger, because you've been having angry conversations in your head now for a long time, depending on how long you've been angry, you have been having anger based conversations every time you think about this person. And trust me, I'm a talker. I like talking things through. God bless my friends and family. They're they're able to listen. But I'll have these moments where I need to talk this stuff through. Now, it's not necessarily a lot of anger. It can be frustration or something will trigger me. And that's kind of how I process. So if you process like that, understand that. But I am listening to my self-talk tapes almost every single day, at least once. Usually it's in the morning. And I can tell it just puts me in a different frame of mind. And a lot of times right now, it's about work-related things or business-related things because you want to figure out which tape you want to listen to. And then you want to spend... Um, at least three weeks, maybe a month or so listening to that one tape. So don't keep changing it up. And the reason is it takes us about 21 days or so to develop a habit. 
and to for things to really start getting absorbed. And so you want to make sure that you give yourself an opportunity to, to listen to that information and really take it in. So it's the it's that self-talk and you can you can kind of jot down uh, moving forward when you start thinking uh, or getting angry, when you start that having those feelings surface, if this is new to you or this situation with your divorce or your ex is recent and these feelings are just still popping up, write down something, just have a little notepad that you keep with you for about two weeks, three weeks and write down a word or two, you know, or, or a date and a time when this is happening. Because if it's happening really frequently, you'll know in about a week, you'll be able to look at that sheet and go, holy mackerel, I'm spending way too much time thinking about somebody that is probably not thinking about me anymore. And even that might hurt a little bit, but the pain won't kill you. The pain, <laughs> the pain won't kill you. I want you to be able to move on. So you may be realizing that a lot of this anger, even though we've been directing it or you have been directing it towards someone else, the person that it's actually bothering is you. The person that's being negatively impacted by it is you and maybe some friends and family. Um, if you have been misdirecting your anger and kind of chewing people's heads off because you're pissed off. So that's not good. But once you are able to start doing this, um, addressing it, assessing it, addressing it and allowing it to move on, what is next for you? Because I, I said we're going to talk about being angry with your ex and then talking about what's next. And only when you are able to start moving through that anger or letting that anger move through you, are you going to be in a position to really start focusing on what's next? And your what next is going to start with what is it that you really want for yourself? And you get to ask yourself, what are things that have been missing in my life that I really, really want in my life? And maybe they're things that you were always saying you wanted to do. And for whatever reason, you didn't do them. Is it joining a gym? Is it joining a book club? Is it you wanted to write and you you never started writing or you never thought you were a good writer? Get a journal or get on your computer and spend 20 minutes a day or five minutes a day writing. And maybe you start writing about your childhood or certain periods in your life. Or if you have children, the experience of having your kids, just give yourself some kind of creative outlet. If that's something that you've been thinking that you wanted to do and you've just never started. If it's calling an old friend every week, I, 10 minutes or so before I got on here, I had mom, Cigarette Martin called me who used to work with the pageant just out of the blue. I probably haven't talked to Cigarette in 40 years. Um, and it was just wonderful that she was thinking about me and actually picked the phone up and called. But you can decide I am going to have a friend that I used to be really close with or that I'm still close with, but we don't talk consistently. Maybe it's a family member and make make it your business to call them every week or twice a week or as many times a week as you can work it out and start developing new behaviors and new really good healthy habits for yourself so that your what next is really built of things that are really good and healthy for you. They're things that you really want in your life. And we, we usually have them because very often uh, they say that the cemetery is full of a lot of dreams because people die with them. Because there are things that we say we wanted to do, but we don't have the right support around us to support us in those things. And we aren't taking the steps that uh, that are necessary for us to start doing those things. So it's one step at a time. You're not going to write a novel this weekend, but you could probably write two pages of something that's important to you. Um, if you want to start exercising, you don't have to run a marathon Saturday, but you can get out and walk around the block tomorrow. 
And so start doing things for yourself with, and I'm going to say this by yourself. Sometimes I, you know, so I, I was on the flight coming back today from, I went Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, San Diego, from LA to San Diego. I sat next to a young woman named Ariella. She is a content uh, creator on uh, Twix. This is a shame. I have to look it up. I got to, I have to tell you what it is because it's one of the um, streaming services. And she is in town here in, where are we? Twitch, Twitch TV. She's on Twitch TV. And all she does, all she does, what she does all day for three to six hours a day, she's like this. She's just on here talking to her audience about anything she wants. Mom, you're going to love this. On Fridays, she eats on her show and it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. So every Friday, she eats Kentucky Fried Chicken on her show and she just talks to people about whatever she wants to talk about, or she might sing or whatever for three to eight hours and she gets paid. They bring up little things for her. So she has found something that she loves doing that she gets paid for that probably a few years ago wouldn't even have been possible. <laughs> but she, right. I told her, I said, I'm going to tell my mom, she's got a Kentucky fried chicken. Uh, you know, another one, this woman is from Australia. So she's here this weekend because San Diego uh, a few months ago, it was Amsterdam to a year. They do an international and a domestic here in the U.S. huge conference. And this year's conference in the United States is in San Diego. So she was coming in town. I just happened to sit next to her on a flight. And so I had gone on Twitch so I could find her because now she's got me interested in Twitch. But I, I say all that to say this this young woman has found something that is fun and meaningful for her that she enjoys doing for herself. But she was telling me this is one of the first times that she's ever flown by herself. She said traveling by herself, she had never thought about it. And I asked her, what did it feel like? And she was like, it, it feels amazing. It feels amazing. And, and if you've been in a relationship for a while, sometimes the most challenging thing you'll do is to start doing things alone. And I promise you, if you start doing them with the right frame of mind, you can't go into it you know, with this negative attitude, you'll realize there's something nice about going and doing things and not have to not always having to check to see what somebody else wants to do. Don't let people go, well, that's selfish. No, it's not selfish. It's self-care. It's self-love. It's self-sustaining. It's a whole lot of self. It doesn't have to be selfish because you enjoy having time for yourself, by yourself to do the things that are important to you. So I want to see if anybody else wants to, um, ever since listening to Gut, Life has got... So yeah, Frankie was talking about something else, that intuition, listening to your gut. My mom used to always tell me, listen to your gut, listen to your gut, because it's probably giving you signals and you have to ask yourself, have I been ignoring them? And so that may be one of the things that you have to acknowledge when you write that letter to yourself, that I had this feeling in my gut that I needed to do X, Y, Z, and I opted not to. Now, there's another book called Loving What Is, Loving What Is. And the author would tell you that it wasn't time for you to do it yet. Because even though it was in your gut, you didn't act on it, which means it wasn't time for you to do it. And, and that thought process is a way for you to forgive yourself over and over again until you get to the point where you stop getting mad at yourself for second guessing yourself. Because see, what that is, is your mind trying to tell you you did something wrong. And what she is saying, no, you didn't. You did exactly what you were supposed to do when you were supposed to do it. 
So your gut might have been giving you that warning and it still may not have been time for you to act. And her thing would be because if it was actually time for you to act, you would have acted. And that is just a much more freeing, loving way to deal with yourself. Uh, try to show yourself as much love and grace as you would show somebody else when these things happen. That's another another tip. I'm going to ask one more time. Anybody else? I know Nadine. I know you've been through a divorce. I know my mom's been through a divorce. They've been a they were a long long time ago. Um, but any advice that you would give someone who's going through this right now, or who uh, thinks one may be coming up? Frankie? Well, I'm only coming up because no one else is. I'm going to be going through my second. I just mm -hmm. have to locate her. Um, I, I can't find her, so I don't know where she is. It's been like three years. But anyways, mm. um, um, being through, well, my first one was horrible. I was, I mean, I was a mess. 240-pound, tattooed, buffed. Don't I don't cry, you know, but I cried every day. And I couldn't afford an attorney, so I went by myself. She brought her gang of people, and it was the worst time of my life. And, but the second time here, you know what it is? I I know that it's supposed to be over. I accept it already, and I know once court comes that there won't be any argument on my side. Mm -hmm. Good. And so, what, what would you yeah. what would you say to someone in terms of some advice at that for that point? Because I think I think one of the things I'm hearing from you is. When you accept it, it's much easier for you to go through it. Sure. If you're going through your first divorce and, and it's hard, it almost feels like someone died in the family. Um, the best advice I can give is ignore the noise. And what I mean by that is even people that you love that are doing everything in their highest power to help you. You sometimes have to tell them you need a break. And can you just leave me alone? And yeah, take that's time for yourself. There you go. Understand it's you going through the going. divorce, not them. Yep. They mean they, well, but right. yeah, they yep. mean well. And that's a, that's a really good time when you can learn to appreciate doing things for yourself. I, did I see somebody else just come off a of mute? I'll go down. Thank you very much. for. Oh, having thank me. you, Frankie. Thank you. Well, I do want to thank you, Frankie. Thank you so much because you have shared a lot. And I, I hope someone listening to this and the replay hears it and it strikes a chord for them and just helps them, um, you know, take a healthier step on their own behalf, you know. But this whole idea of just moving away from this, being angry at this person and putting your attention on what's next for you is something that is, it's a much healthier way to, to get up and wake up every day and go to sleep every night. And it's going to bear more fruit for you than living in that state of anger. So thank you so much for being with me this evening. I'm looking forward to next week's show. I'll make sure I get um, the announcements and the invitations out there, but thank you everybody for hanging with me. And thanks to anybody who is hearing this in the replay and know that you can go to your streaming services and look for Divorce is Not a Destination there too. And you can catch this show and all of my previous shows there as well. So everybody have a good night. Thanks. Thank you for listening to my series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Divorce is Not a Destination. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to your family and friends. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access here at Fireside. That's firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour, L-I-S-A. 
S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays here on Fireside or your favorite streaming channel. Until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.